And our scripture today helps fulfill our understanding of what it means to be a Christian, how we live our lives. And the example we're given is the church in Macedonia with the Thessalonians there at Thessalonia. Uh, as we share in 1 Thessalonians in the third chapter, starting at the ninth verse. And the scripture reads, How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Let us pray. Dear Lord, open up our hearts that we may grow in grace as this early church was growing to know your presence. Lord, let us know that you are helping us each and every day to run the race sent before us. Let us know that the prize that awaits us is worth the effort and the everyday living of the Christian faith. Lord, let us see past the veil of tears of this world and see the truth that lies beyond the home that is ours in heaven. In Jesus' holy, sweet name we pray. Amen. There's so much that happens this time of year as we enter into the season of Advent and soon Christmas. So many events are taking place. It's as if between now and Easter, the church revolves around these two most significant of celebrations. The early church here in Macedonia was a Greek church. It was a church based upon the ideas of wisdom and understanding. And the Christians, the early Christians, they, they gathered there, and of course Paul and the others, but now it's been a long time since they've been there, and this church has been surviving without apostolic leadership. They have been where the laity have been leading the church in this early day. And here they are getting this letter saying, we're coming, and get ready because we're on our way. God's going to clear the way. In the scripture, it talks about some basic elements. When I was at Methodist College, it was not a university then, um, every class I took that wasn't my major of history and a minor in English, every class was business. I love business. I love to take the classes with the different professors, with Dr. Swing and the others. And I took these business classes because it's so natural the way we think of business, of supply and demand, of having items that you sell. And so I took these classes because I did really well in them. They were easy to understand this concept of business, of how we are to do business. And now I find myself in the Lord's business. But that business isn't a bottom line of what my value is or the value of a church or the value of the denomination. My bottom line is the value of souls, of how we are related to God, how we come to God, how we live in God, and how we go in God. See, in this scripture, Paul and the early church, the leaders are concerned because this church who's full of Greeks, they're very smart. They're very intelligent people. This is the same area that Alexander the Great came from, Macedonia. These are the Greeks that helped establish the Western world that we know now in our lives. We still live by their principles and teachings and the Western laws and the understandings. And here, 
this church has been doing their own thing. And now Paul is saying, I'm coming to help you grow in faith. But first he talks about the supply. He says that the Lord may supply what is lacking in your faith. Truth is, I'm the son of a preacher. I'm the grandson of a preacher. I've been a preacher now for 32 years or so. I preached thousands upon thousands of services. I've been all over the nation. The truth is there's so much I do not know. I need to know more. Every time we have a Bible study on Wednesday night, I learn something new. Because together in the collective understanding through the power of the Holy Spirit, we grow in grace. The truth is we need to grow in faith. We're lacking in faith. That's seen in our everyday lives when we slip up, when we find ourselves thinking something or doing something that we ought not to be doing. People are a mess, I can tell you that. Did you see on the news the other day the preacher that had it rigged up where he came flying in on a cable? Did you, did you see that? He, he, it, with a service opened up, the preacher went up front, and suddenly the preacher appears above them, and he's coming like he's flying down and everything, and the people all ooing and on. You got to see that video. It's so funny. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, y'all not getting me on no wire. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> not going to happen. If y'all do, it's going to be a sight because I'm going to be screaming the whole way. It's not that I don't believe in God. It's just I don't trust that wire to hold me, you know. See, see, we're lacking in something. There's, there's something we need. And we can know we need it because we want more of it and we know that we need it. And that's a basic teaching of business, supply. On a show of hands, how many like Snapple? Snapple. Anybody like Snapple? There we go. We got an honest one here. How many others like Snapple? I know you do. I know you got. There we go, Randy. I knew it. The reason I know that is, is that I have fallen in love with Snapple. But there is a supply problem with Snapple. Whenever Leona goes to the grocery store, she'll bring me back one or two Snapples at the most. And, and, and I'm going, where's the Snapple? Because I can drink this in one setting and, and, and that's all they got. They got a supply problem with Snapple. Somebody needs to write Snapple and tell them, the preacher down in North Carolina says you got a supply problem. In other words, there's not enough supply. Uh, and by the way, that, that was a way, if y'all want to be generous and be generous with the preacher, get him a Snapple for Christmas. I'm just, I'm going to lay it out there now. I like Snapple. That apple juice Snapple is, oh my goodness, but there's a supply problem with Snapple. I don't know if those people are sleeping on the job up there. I don't know if somehow the supply chain is broken. There is something wrong with these people. They got this wonderful, wonderful item, product. Uh, and it's even got a cool name, and they just don't have enough of them. Somebody's buying them. I don't know who it is. They're buying them up before we get there. Uh, see, there's a supply problem. And here, Paul is saying to the early church, night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. So what was the supply problem of the church of the Thessalonians? What was the supply problem? That's the question. What were they missing? He says, night and day we pray most earnestly. In other words, I think what has happened to the church there is they've lost sight of a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week God. I think the church at Thessalonica was so smart 
They had everything organized and they had compressed their divinity, their time with God to one brief hour on Sunday morning. And then they expect a preacher to come flying in on a wire to excite them, to hold them over instead of seeing worship as a seven day a week event. Worship as an everyday and night event. He says, night and day we pray most earnestly we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now understand, I'm, I'm being kind here. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just saying that we need to do more. And the reason I know we need to do more is let's look at the culture around us. Look at the world that we're in and understand there is a great need for the gospel in this world we live in. People just have more faith in something else than they do in God. I guarantee you the people in Alaska right now got some faith in God. Because their world got shook up by a 7.0 earthquake and then another earthquake and all these hundreds of minor earthquakes that made their roads collapse, yet not one single person was killed. Think about that. All the people on the highways, people in the buildings, the children running, diving underneath desks in schools, and no one was killed. I would be thanking God this morning if I lived in Alaska knowing that my God has supplied, he has given me what I need. And Paul was saying to the early church that supply is being provided. The prayer is being given. God is ample for you. You don't need anything else. You don't need uh, bells and whistles. You don't need all this uh, smoke and mirrors. You just need the truth. And the truth is, I love you, God is saying, and that is enough. Now, he continues that supply now has to meet demand. This is what I learned in Methodist. You can thank those great professors over there teaching me the idea of supply and demand. See, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. In other words, we're going to make sure this chain is open so you can get what you need. There's nothing in between you and God of what you need. Whatever you need, God knows it, and he's providing a way for you to clearly receive the answer that you are seeking in your life. If you want to know what you need to do in your life, God is giving you the answer. Nothing is blocking the way unless it's our own lack of faith. He's saying, clearly, I'm clearing the way and make your love increase. In other words, make the demand increase in our lives that we are able to accept this supply from God. In other words, getting more Snapple than we can handle, getting more love than we can hold, getting more faith than we can believe in. See, God has not given us just enough or a little bit. God has given us a lot, a lot. I was invited to speak in front of a lot of people at a, at a seminar years and years ago in the 1990s. The internet had just been invented, kids just been invented and, and I was one of the early participants of it for the church. I was building early websites. They called me a webmaster. I was the first official webmaster in North Carolina of the conference. I built the site. I gave this speech and um, 
I'm sitting there and there's all these people out there and they're at tables and they finished eating and the Foundation for Evangelism uh, said, Jerome, we want you to say a few words about the work you're doing. And I got up there and I started talking and all these people were finishing their meal. And I'm talking about how we need to trust and believe and all things are possible and one thing and another. And I was just telling them all these stories about how God can use this information age to open up hearts and minds to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. And, and I said what I said said, and then I finished up, and then after that meeting, somebody in that crowd, they walked over to the foundation and handed them a check. And the check was for millions going, invest in his ministry. Do what he wants to do, because God's got his hand on this young man. Now, back then, my hair was darker, and, and I was sharp looking back then. I'm just an old, old guy now. I'm Got a white beard, I glow. I was told that last Sunday. Some of y'all notice on certain seasons, certain Sundays uh, of the year, I glow because a light shines through one of these windows. So if I'm glowing right now, it's, it's a light shining. And I couldn't believe it. And so everything had to change then because the ministry was funded and we started doing what God would have us do. And it suddenly dawned on me, I'd been praying for the little instead of the lot. In other words, I've just been hoping for a little bit instead of a lot. Now, you can, you can have this on Christmas dinner. You can look at them and say, I'm hoping for a lot of biscuits today. Not just one biscuit, but a lot of biscuits. Now, now, now some of you are saying, well, this isn't humble. It's, it's not the theology I was taught. You're telling me that I'm actually supposed to believe God can do that and more? Yes. God can do all things. All things are possible. Our postmodern church has been living in a theology of scarcity. We're afraid to ask God because our faith is not strong enough. We do not trust God enough to do what needs to be done. Oh, some would say, well, God, he can't, well, he can't do all that. He's just busy. And why would he take time for us? He takes time for us because he loves us. And with God, all things are possible. And this, this is church over in Macedonia, they apparently had quartered God off to a certain time of the week. And then they limited God during that time to only do certain things. And Paul's saying, you better clear the way because we're coming. And when we're coming, everything is going to change. Everything will change. He says, that supply will be met by you knowing that God understands your needs, your demand, and he will give you the strength, he says. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so you will be blameless and holy. Oh, my goodness. Holy. Who is holy? Are we holy? I mean, we get upset if somebody loses you know, a game. Are we holy? We get mad and upset about circumstances in the world. Are we holy? Yet Paul is saying to this church, not only will you get stronger in your heart to love people more, you will become blameless and holy. In the presence of our God and Father, when our Lord Jesus Christ comes with all his holy ones. In other words, the Christian faith is opening up the potential, the possibility for us to be the people we truly are. Because the truth is, we are the people of God. God wants us 
to be his children. We are his children, and he claims that for us so that we will grow into it. When we come to this table today, this table is not a testimony of our sacredness. It is a testimony of God's grace. God understands that we all come up short, but by Jesus Christ, we are able to finish the race that has been set before us. I've been reading a lot about the tree of life in Revelation, the stories in Genesis of this tree of life that is given, and it's very clear in Revelation when you look at the story of the tree of life, you don't just go up and eat of that tree, you have to earn the right to be a part of the kingdom. Now I know that we're saved by faith, and faith is believing in God and trusting in God, and works come out of that faith. I totally understand that. The two are not separate. They are one and the same. But what I do know is that for us to enter into this covenant, we must intentionally step into that relationship. The more I grow in faith and understanding of God's kingdom, the more I realize that I need him more and more each day. The world scares me. It scared me even more. When I was younger, I figured we could handle it. We'd figure out a way. There'd be a system. We'd use our technology. We'd use our knowledge. We'd use our understanding, our independence. And the more this happens, the more I realize we're not in control. Just a few short hours ago, a rock just flew right over Earth. It weren't too big, but it would have been enough to wipe out a city. It just flew right by Earth. I even started to go outside, look up at the sky and see if it was getting close or not. It, it got closer than some of the geosynchronous satellites that are hanging up in space that provide our cell phone coverage and our GPSs. Yet this rocket just flew by and we live our lives as if nothing is happening. But what I do know is that I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know who holds tomorrow. I do not know what tomorrow holds. My children, the marriage that's coming up, the world that they live in, the challenges they have, but I do know who holds tomorrow. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all of his holy ones. Simple case of supply and demand. Jesus has all the supply of salvation we need. We just need to need it more. We need to claim it more. We need to love him more. Let us pray. Dear Lord, open up our hearts as we receive this open communion to know that your grace is sufficient. Lord, let us grow in this grace in this season of Advent so that our hope is in you. Let us know that that hope will never leave us alone. In Jesus' holy, sweet name we pray. Amen.